the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for joining us, SoCal Live. I'm your guest host, Rob McCoy. I'm the pastor at God Speak Church in Thousand Oaks, California. Joining me is my wing wingman. Let's just do that. Bryce wingman Eddie. Works. Yeah. Black belt jiu-jitsu. You also covered six, uh, which is All well, kinds security of force. Yeah. Amazing guy. But together, we put together a, a, a neat lineup today. Bobby Kennedy Jr., and now we've got Jack Posobiec coming up. At, but before, I, he's right there, and I don't want to take much time. Promote, as I promised Bobby, promote his book. Tell him where they, when it's coming out, the title of it, so folks can find that. Yeah, well, I'm a, real excited about this one. Um, the real Anthony Fauci, um, he's going over, really, Bill Gates, Big Pharma, and the Global War on Democracy and Public Health. Um, all of the uh, uh, profits from the book go to Children's Health Defense. And um, I, I'm particularly excited because he's going to be talking about some things that I got us kicked off on our uh, YouTube Seriously? channel for, yeah. which was talking about what Fauci's uh, background with AIDS and some of the other things that he's gotten wrong and um, other things that, that really wrong. need to be not exposed. Just, not just wrong, dead wrong and almost nefarious. And Children's Health Defense, which is his Bobby Kennedy Jr.'s organization, subscribe to that newsletter because they go through all the VAERS websites. They show the victims and the families of, of this shot, over 16,200 dead in America, exponentially more than all all vaccine deaths combined since 2011. So thank you, Bobby, for being with us. Now we're switching. I, I'm so excited. I got this. We, this guy came on, Jack Posobiec. I met him. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. My family's a big fan. T- tell, her, tell our guests about Jack, if you would, Bryce. Yeah, well, I love this guy, and I think he's doing the Lord's work. So is. Jack is a uh, former Navy intel chief, and um, he's uh, uh, his specialty is China. Um, he is a senior editor for Human Events, and one of the things that he's doing right now that I love is he's got some insiders in the White House yeah. that are feeding him some great information, and they know it, and, and, and he's he, driving them bananas. And he's on the cutting edge of breaking news. I mean, and people follow what he does. And so, and also, I don't know if we'll have time, but if, if we do, when you fly that airplane in coming into LAX, and I've, I've been doing it as I've been traveling the country, I'm looking at all of these ships just stacked up in the harbor, supply chain issues, all that Let's get to Jack. Let's well, well yeah, wait. Well, one wait. last right, one last thing. One last thing is he's also standing up for moral truth on Twitter and everything that he's Amen. doing, too, which is huge. Well, then let's welcome him. Jack, are you there? Hey, guys. I'm here. Thank you so much. Well, what, what an illustrious uh, introduction. I'm like, man, I can't wait to hear this guy. And then I'm like, oh, wait, no, that's you they're talking about. No, honestly, I could have gone on and on. We, we are big fans of you, Jack, and you have well, been, you've been driving the narrative for us. If you guys actually want to have some fun, I believe it or not, just before yeah, I was actually on hold, got a message in from a White House insider um, regarding something that's going on. Haven't even had time to break this on Twitter yet. So would you like to do it? Would Come like on. Fantastic. KKLA and KBRZ. Uh, Boom. Here we go. You're familiar with the missionaries who were being held captive in Haiti. Right. I'm told that uh, the U.S. military and U.S. forces are going in and it looks like they're going to have a positive resolution to that situation. Praise the Lord. That yeah, is amen. good news. 
Jack, thank you for that. You, you heard it first here, K, KKLA, right here on, on SoCal Live. Jack, thanks. What else you got for yeah, us? Yeah, it's actually something that I had, um, uh, had heard that was going on for a while, but um, decided to just, given the nature, sensitive nature of the operation, being prior Navy officer myself, uh, just decided that mm, got people in harm's way. Some things are just a little bit more important than, you know, retweets and shares and all the rest. Right. It's sensitive. you got to be careful. Yeah. That's oh. exactly right. But then, but other stuff, for example, like what I call the White House shade war between uh, Team Kamala and Team Biden. Oh, I'm more than happy to talk about that. Come on. <laughs> well, let's do it. <laughs> it's your time. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, well, the main thing that you really see going out this week between Team Kamala and Team Biden is that Kamala Harris, and, and really just at the stage for everybody, was that Kamala Harris team, and Joe Biden, this was always kind of a shotgun marriage. This was not something where they had had a strong relationship, really any relationship, even though they were both uh, Democrat senators at the same time. Biden, of course, had been in for a long time. Kamala had been the senator for California, of course, um, but hadn't didn't really, you know, in any situations where they formed a big relationship. And originally, and Kamala knows this, Biden wanted to choose Amy Klobuchar as his vice presidential right. candidate. However, uh, when the Black Lives Matter jumped off in the wake of George Floyd last year, that really kind of put him in a position where the party leaders basically went to him and said, you're, you're going to choose Kamala Harris, right? She's going to be your choice. So, you know, one of the things they say when you're choosing a vice president is that you're not supposed to pick somebody that you know will deliberately betray you as soon as possible, right? Of course, Barack Obama never had any threat from Joe Biden when it came to that. But with Biden, it's not exactly the same chance. And so the issue is you've got Jen Psaki, Jill Biden, and Ron Klain, who are kind of on what I call Team B, running the Biden team uh, inside the White House. They know their guy's in trouble. They see this guy. He can barely string a sentence together in that town hall on CNN last That was night. awful. And I, then oh. it, was, it was just bad. It was, it was just a bad performance all around. You, you, notice that, you notice that it's only conservatives that are sharing clips of that town hall today, right? None of the left, CNN, MSNBC, or any of the big-name Democrats, are sharing any of those clips. You, you know, know, Jack, Jack, right my, Jack, my, like it didn't happen. Jack, my dad had Alzheimer's for 15 years before he passed. And, and, wow. and, and you know— I didn't vote for Biden. I'm not a fan of his, but my heart breaks. First of all, he's up. I can just see it. It's it just it's reminiscent of my father, and it in one sense it makes me sick, and to another it just it, it's sad. So sorry to interrupt, but stay with. It. I just had to throw that yeah, in there. Yeah, no, 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 not at all. And I, I think you know I've had other people tell me that have gone through similar situations, and it it just makes them sad that you know this is what is being done. Uh, in that situation, rather than you know spending time with family and just being with the kids, the grandkids, et cetera, and and just you know taking time for yourself, but you know that that, that happens when you put ambition ahead of everything else, and and political ambition, then influence of power, and really just believing more in the material world rather than things that are more eternal, right? And then that's obviously a longer conversation. But um, the issue is they know their guy is not, um, is not serving up to the task. Meanwhile, Kamala Harris is like the freight train that's barreling down towards them. So they're doing everything they can to throw sand on the tracks. And this is why they constantly give her these sort of must-fail priorities, like giving her the border, like giving her immigration. They're even t- they were even talking at one point about giving her inflation. <laughs> and uh, she's, of course, very happy right now. 
um, that Pete Buttigieg is the one who's sort of in the driver's seat when it comes to the supply chain issue. Well, he, he, was gone, he was gone for two months on maternity leave. Uh, for, for those of you who are jo- joining us right now, uh, this is good because i got to throw th- This is Jack Posobiec, and he is our guest. I'm your guest host, Pastor Rob McCoy, and you're with us at SoCal Live. Jack, uh, they, 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 he went on for uh, maternity leave for two months when the, when the supply chain it, and, and this backup that we have, especially in L.A., I'm, you've seen it. What, what is all this? Everyone's can, and we're, we're starting to watch the shelves empty, and people don't see it now, but come Thanksgiving and, and Christmas, it's going to be like Cuba. Well, you're seeing rolling supply chain issues because for the last 20 to 30 years, all you have to put it together. Everyone talks about the supply chain, but nobody ever talks about what we're chained to. Yeah. Well, our supply chain is the chain that's binding America to China to the CCP right now because the, you know everyone's talking about the, sh- the ships coming from overseas, but and acting as if that that's what it's supposed to be. Well, imagine if we didn't have this hyper globalized economy. Imagine if we actually did make things in the United States of America again have made in America mean something, put American jobs on the table, put food on the table for American workers. You don't have to live this way. None of us have to live this way. And yet, over the past 30 years or so, we've erected this new hyper-globalized society, so our supply chain means that we are chained to China. And so because of the CCP's failures, not only in terms of COVID-19 and everything that went down at that Wuhan lab, but of course, the last guest was talking about Fauci was deeply involved in, but also... You see the the rolling problem that they've had with energy. They're in a huge backlog, a huge sort of fight with Australia right now. They're saying they're not going to take any more Australian coal. China is predominantly a uh, coal-fired economy in terms of their energy. And that's also leading to financial issues where their shadow banking system is completely falling apart. Their manufacturing is in crisis. So their supply chain or their manufacturing output um, is in crisis and goes into a disaster. Now you're seeing supply chain issues in the United States because even if you know you'll see those things like uh, you know assembled in the United States or components you know brought right. together in the United States. Well, the components are coming from China. There's so many different pieces. One of the huge things right now for food, as you just mentioned, it's not necessarily the food that's coming from China, but you know it is the containers. So you've got containers shortages because so people will have. Eggs that are spoiling because they can't get the egg containers in, the styrofoam and everything. Um, you got people who can't get the aluminum in for cans, for sodas, for different stuff because this is all coming from China. We've seen a 45, what, 40, 40, 45% increase in used car prices with, with hyperinflation, at least inflation coming up. And they're saying that some of the components, is there an embargo by China so that we can't produce cars? Is this, is this something you're hearing or do you know of? Well, this, of course, going back to what Peter Navarro and Donald Trump did when they were in office was putting steel tariffs on China, basically putting it into a situation where cheap Chinese steel would no longer be flooding our market, so that it would actually benefit the steel producers in the United States, looking at places like Pittsburgh or across the entire Rust. It didn't used to be called the Rust Belt, by the way. It was right. called the Steel Belt. Um, uh, there's a reason we call it the Rust Belt now, and that's called China. China. So there were these nascent economic leverage uh, maneuvers that the Trump administration was trying to implant these new tactics of taking instead of just taking this idea that oh we're going to you know write a strongly word letter to China or the United Nations or the W World Trade Organization is going to do something about it no they were saying let's find a way to put economic pressure on them to not only 
correct their, some of their behavior vis-a-vis Taiwan, Hong Kong, and the Uyghurs, but also to benefit American businesses and American industry. Uh, and people really attacked Trump for saying this early on, but he pointed out that the American steel industry is a national security strategic industry for the United States, and he wanted to get the National Defense Production Act uh, involved with it. And I think now when we see these supply chain shortages and we look at some of the issues that are going on, it starts to make a lot more sense to people why he was saying that stuff. Wow. And and then you, you were also, I think you were the one who broke the story on that hypersonic uh, nuclear weapon that China developed or... Do you have any insight on well, that? I thought that I thought I got right, that from... right. So the, the the hypersonic glide vehicle, and and I wish I could take credit for that. That was Financial Times. Yeah, well, um, I heard it from you, so it broke broken my life from analysis. You. you know, a lot of analysis as to why they were doing that. The fact of the matter is, uh, they are at the same parity with the United States, and in some cases, quite a, more advanced than us when it comes to this technology. What they've been able to do with this thing is there's, there's two aspects to it that, that have given U.S. strategic planners a lot of pause. Number one is the situation that this thing is designed to fly under the South Pole and then wrap back around to be able to strike the United States or parts of Europe. Mm. Uh, the issue with that is that our early warning sensors are all in Alaska and Greenland because their point, they were expecting something to come from Russia. They weren't expecting something to come from mainland China and be able to fly under the South Pole that way. We don't have the early warning sensors there. That's wow. problem number one. Problem number two is because of this way, the way this thing is able to work, you're talking about aerial bombardment of a nuclear device. Now, a ballistic missile, the way it works, is like a catapult, right? It's a big, you know, a big missile with propulsion, jets, and everything else, but it really can't maneuver. It kind of go, you know, if you watch, I think there's an old Superman movie where he has to, like, stop the ballistic missile, um, but it, it doesn't move. It can't maneuver on its own. It's just a big, dumb you know, a uh, piece of propulsion, a piece of metal with, with, um, with the warhead attached. This thing, the glide vehicle, can move. It, can, it is maneuverable. It's highly maneuverable. At hypersonic, what does that mean? That means five times the speed of sound, Mach oh. 5 or faster. Wow. And wow. because it's ionized at that speed and it's a glider, uh, you can't really track this thing because it comes in at a low profile. And, and even, even if you could, you wouldn't have, I mean, they've reduced the amount of time to be able to respond in defense. We, we, have not, we have nothing that can respond to this. Oh. We have absolutely nothing that can counter this. Nothing in the U.S. arsenal whatsoever. Well, for those of you who are um, joining us right now, the, the, this is Jack Posobiec, and he, he's sharing about China. We've all covered some of the stuff on the, the supply stuff that we're dealing with in the port of L.A. Uh, I'm your guest host, Rob McCoy. You're, you're joining SoCal Live, KKLA. Uh, Jack, with, with China and the stuff you just shared, I mean, that's heavy, but – Give me some hope here, will you? Because I mean, I, now as I, I last time we <laughs> talked, you're a man of faith. You're you're you uh, Catholic background, as I recall in our conversation about the Lord. Yep, Polish Catholic. Yes, yeah, sir. and and practicing, and and you're you're kind of like a G.K. Chesterton Catholic. You're you're pretty deep, and you you study, and you're brilliant, and we. I just I, I love listening. Well, yes, I, I, I'm I'm one of the ones who has no problem with uh, with correcting our, our our erstwhile Jesuit pope when he uh, when he strays into politics. Yeah. Well, and, and, and you have the love for the unborn, and you are committed to these things, and so I'm, I'm appreciative of you, Jack, and I, I know you want, you're doing what you do because you, you've got a young family, you, you, you want a hope and a future for this nation, you serve this country, what's a roadmap out of this malaise? Well, I think, I think, you know, part of me, you know, people say, what's your goal in all this, and I say my goal in all this is, 
you know, a guy on the stage 20 years from now or on TV, whatever it is, virtual reality, whatever we have at that point, the great reset goes that way, you know. But um, and, and the guy is saying we can never go back to that. We can never let it happen again. Right. Yeah. So you have someone there. And I think and I think and everybody just agrees because they all know exactly what he's saying. Right. Yep. And I think that, so that for me, that's my end state. That's my desired end state. Everyone agrees and everyone goes along and says, you're right. That was that. We can't go back to that. So while we're defining this, this malaise, and that's what it is. That was a word that was used during uh, the Carter administration, the misery index. Right. When you talk about that inflation, these massive economic issues, you know, Andrew Breitbart had that, um, that great quote that politics is downstream from culture. And I think he's right, but I would add something to it if I would be so bold as to do so. Do it. That politics is downstream from culture, but culture is downstream from economics. And so if the economy is caught in this trap, by policy, by the way, it's our COVID policy and our economic policy together, that because we're caught in this place, it's causing culture to stagnate. It's causing our, our ability to um, build, to create things. It's causing all of this stagnation. All right, and so so, so let, let, let lodge that you can really unlock the power of the American people. Let me let me let me ask you to repeat it. So so politics is downstream from culture, and you're stating that ec- economics is downstream from politics, correct? No, 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 no. Or did I get it economics wrong? Economics is first. Okay, economics. Well, I would say politics is downstream from culture, but culture is downstream from economics. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. And and that's it. So that once we set up our system. In a way where I mean, I look at I look around the country now, and I see, you know, my so my wife was born in the Soviet Union. She grew up in Eastern Europe, um, immigrated to the U.S. 15 years ago. We have our kids. One thing that blew her mind, she said, "Why do American women? Why do you have kids and then you go right back to work? Like, why don't you spend time raising them?" I said, "Well, how do you do it back home? That's typically how people do it here." She said, "Well, back home, you get a three-year stipend." Right at per kid per child from the government um, for the because they want to produce more families they want to benefit that they want to subsidize it right. and they say well we want to create bigger families so mom and dad don't have to run around all over the place and I said wow that's really different from how we do things here um, you know drop the kid off the babysitter and then mom and dad go to work and, and she pointed out though why is it that in America you can't raise a family on a single income anymore. Why is that? And I said, you know what, that's an economic issue that leads to cultural issues that's going to lead to political issues. I track that. Okay, that, that, I, 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 I love the way you describe that. Now, I, I know you're only with us for this first segment. Uh, uh, there's no way well, I'm not going to try to persuade you to stay again. You're such a busy guy. First of all, uh, I'm so grateful that you came to be with us. I I have seen you speak in large venues. I called you. You answered the phone. You said yes, and I know you're busy, and I know you got a ton of stuff happening all the time. Uh, on behalf of all of us in Southern California that are looking at this port backed up and watching our shelves get empty and wondering what it's all about, that you would take time out of your day to come and explain these insights and then give us breaking news uh, and good news about the missionaries Thank you for that, Jack. I, I, I can't I, I can't tell you how, how how much I appreciate that. Anything you want to share in this last minute before uh, we take a break for some advertisers? And by the way, folks, if you're just tuning in, you got one minute left, but this is Jack Posobiec. He is the master of 
everything. I love this guy. He's just brilliant and, and understanding well, what we're you. facing just, politically. Um, throughout, you know, we're doing uh, we're doing a lot of work. We just, we've just um, we just decided to partner with Turning Point and Charlie Kirk. So we're at, on a launched a new show on there called Human Events Daily. Awesome. It's just real quick. It's a daily dose of human events. It's a you know sort of like a daily briefing. Twenty five minutes. We can give us twenty five minutes. We give you the world, right? Yeah. And we break down what's going on, the stories that nobody's talking about, the information that you need to get, the analysis. But then we do it in such a way that it's short. And uh, we launched this thing about six weeks ago, and it looks like either this weekend or early next week we're actually going to hit a million downloads. Oh come on! Six weeks. That's awesome. That wow. Congratulations. Turning point that shows the power of the fact that people want this information and you know being able to talk to the Southern California area and I just say like when it comes to the port situation, when it comes to the supply chain situation, it doesn't have to be this way. Amen. We well, set I, up our situation. We set up our country. Jack, I got to – we we're coming up to the hard break. So if you want to stay second segment, but right, right now, thank you for joining us. That was Jack Basobic. I'm Rob McCoy, guest host. You've been with us on SoCal Live. KKLA will be right back with more. Stay tuned. Hey, Southern California. Thanks for joining us at SoCal Live. I am your guest host, Pastor Rob McCoy, Godspeak Church in Thousand Oaks, California, joined by my wingman, Bryce Eddy, black belt jiu-jitsu, but more importantly, covered six, and you do a bunch of stuff. But I, I we, we put together today, just with these two guests, uh, with, with Bobby Kennedy Jr. and Jack Posobiec, these are two major issues we're facing in every family in Southern California. Also across the country, we're looking at people losing their jobs. It started with, you know, get a free Krispy Kreme donut if you if you get the the shot, and now it's lose your job, and and we're watching Americans stand up in opposition, and then we're seeing unprecedented censorship. I don't know if you know this, but today, you know, you know how across the country the the, the chant "Let's go Brandon" and I won't, you know, it's it's derogatory towards a president. But they, they've they've banned that on YouTube. They've taken out all versions of Let's Go Brandon's song that hit number four on Apple iTunes. They took it out. Well, and they're doing that around the world, too. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. I think it was the uh, maybe the Australian government and a couple others, have, uh, or C- Canada for sure. You have no right to disagree with us. You cannot, you cannot put that in any, um, you know, any Canadian information as well. So. Yeah. Well, with, with, let's do this. Because I, I want to give folks a chance to just vent or, or or to agree, but we have covered with Bobby Kennedy Jr. We're 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 stepping there. We're we're saying, look, we uh, this vaccine, this shot, has killed exponentially more people than all vaccine deaths combined since 2011. That's just the data that we we get off the government website. And and when Bobby was talking about the VAERS data, you know, we're 16,200 people are dead from this. And, and, you know, hundreds of thousands of instances. And, and for children, he, he went so far as to say this is, this is criminal. It's criminal to do this to a child. Yeah, well, let's have people call in. Uh, the number is 888-528-2557. Again, 888-528-2557. You know, call, call in, disagree with us, you know, tell or, us what or, you think. Or agree, or just give your opinion, and we'll, we'll have some fun with it. Um, I, I was thinking about this. Uh, Booker T. Washington said, a lie doesn't become truth. 
Wrong doesn't become right, and evil doesn't become good just because it's accepted by a majority. You know, people can laugh at you, but we're we're pulling up data, and and we're we're this is government stuff, and we're not even getting the full expanse of it. But even what we're showing has compelling evidence that this is more than trying to protect us from a virus. This is this is awful. Well, listen, two years ago, nobody trusted Big Pharma. And now all of a sudden, if you're challenging them or suggesting that they might have a conflict of interest or be financially motivated in some of these things, you know, you're, you're being pushed back on in a cult-like way. So I, I find that interesting. Yeah, and being censored. Well, uh, we have a call here. This 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 one looks like a fun call. I, I, we got a few of them, but this this is this is Stephen Santa Monica, and he his frustration is that pastors should stay out of politics. I'm going to enjoy this because I get this all the time. Let's do it. All right, Steve, you there? Yes, I am. Thanks for taking my call. Oh, thanks for calling um, in. God bless you, man. You know, the the thing I have a problem with isn't even so much pastors being in politics. Okay. But being so oriented towards one point of view, for instance, you, you patted yourself on the back for having Bobby Kennedy, a Democrat, on. You had him on because he's a well-known anti-vax person who believes all vaccines are bad, and he believes it's big pharma and they cause autism, and he believes a bunch of unfounded conspiracy theories. So that's why you had him on. No, that that uh, okay. Hang on, hang on. Let me do, let me take it one at a time. Steve, Steve, Steve. Let's 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 be let's be civil one at a time. He's not anti-vax, so you obviously haven't listened to him. He, Bobby Kennedy's not anti-vax. He's anti what's happening to the children. He wants people to look at the data. He's not anti-vax. As a matter of fact, he's been vaccinated, not by not by this 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 COVID vaccine. He hasn't been vaccinated with that. He's not anti-vax. So th- you're wrong there because I know the man, and I didn't bring him on because he pads my statistics. I brought him on because he loves liberty. So go ahead. The next question. And I didn't bring him on to be past my statistics. I doubt him on to be Steve, go ahead. Uh, secondly, you're you're wrong. He's a very well known anti vax person. He's he's been he's talked about vaccines causing autism. And they, is they that that doesn't mean he's wrong he, about that. He's stating he's Steve. He's Steve. He's stating that they have to be held accountable for what they're liable for. Why do There's why no do Steve Steve no Steve Steve? If you're going to state something, let me respond. We got to be civil here. He states that why is it that big pharma is exempt from liability? That's what bothers him. Go ahead. Secondly, are you listening or no? Or are you just yeah, listening? no, I'm listening. I, 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 I'm okay. right here. Secondly, so we disagree, but I think anybody that looks at Bobby Kennedy's record, I, I can't, I don't think it's worthwhile going back and forth. But I think if you look, you'll see he, that's his main thing is as an anti-vax wacko. Secondly, Bob, Robert Posobiec is. Yeah, his name, his name, his name, his name's Jack Posobiec. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, Jack, Robert, I don't know. It doesn't matter. He's a typical, you know, he's a typical Charlie Kirk type person who's comparing our our situation today to the Cal, to the Carter Malaise when interest rates were seventeen percent. I mean, this is a favorite talking point of conservatives to say we have one way inflation that's going to lead to high interest rates. None of that's happened since Barack Obama. So you know, to be a to be a deficit hawk and to claim that the Democrats are causing all kinds of problems with the economy hasn't happened yet. 
and we're still waiting for the dire consequences. And thirdly, when he talks about his wife is from Eastern Europe, I mean, he sounds like a social democrat, that the government should keep women at home taking care of their children by supporting them. That's fine. I'm in favor of that. That's okay. But I think the problem is your whole show today hasn't really been about Jesus or Christianity at all. It's just been about right-wing politics, and that's what's happened to you. And that's what's happened to many of the so-called ministers. You're not a minister. You're a Republican shill. Oh, okay. Well, I appreciate that. I I I, I disagree with you. Um, I I love the Lord with all my heart, soul, strength, and mind. I love my neighbors as my as 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 I do myself. And Steve, I love you. You're you're precious. I I'm glad you have those opinions and you're free to share them. Uh, but to dismiss me and my calling in ministry without ever spending time seeing what I do, I. I wouldn't do that to you. Why would you do that to me? You don't like the show today. You, you don't like a, a, a Democrat. You don't like a, you don't like a Republican. You don't like a guy that you, you, you think's married to an Eastern, or you say he's married to an Eastern European woman. All those things, you have a narrative. And then you judge me and dismiss me. But Steve, uh, come on. Let's find some unity here. Uh, go ahead if there's anything remaining in that, and then we'll, we'll move on. Go ahead. What, what else? Let's find some unity. Go ahead, Bruce. Hello, are you there? Go ahead. You got to turn your radio off. No, I'm here. I'm here. The only the the only thing I want to say, no, I, you're probably a reasonable person. You're a minister, so I'm assuming that you decided to follow this as it's your true calling. But I think what's happened is, unfortunately, you're human. To err is human, and I think you're on an errant path. You're on a path that's to promote a political point of view. You're not on the path to promote Jesus, Christianity, social justice. Hope, faith, hope, uh, charity. That's not the path you're on. Oh, no, I am. I I, I, taken, I, no, I, I think you've taken okay. an errant path, and I, I forgive you, and I hope that you'll develop some insight into what you and other evangelical ministers like you are doing. Well, I appreciate you being so gracious and forgiving me for something I don't necessarily feel I need to be forgiven for, but I think that's very admirable. And, you know, Steve, thank you for calling. Let me just share, and, and I'll, I'll let you go because we got other callers, but I'll just add this at the end. Um, Bryce, you know, you, you attend the church. Well, I, I'd offer Steve a front row uh, seat. We'll save it. He's, for he's him. welcome to come. He come and see if everything he says is true. I mean, I was sitting yesterday. We had Bishop Broderick Huggins. I mean, come on, in a sense, by his own admission, a liberation theologist. And he's my dearest friend. And the guy says that I, I, I was the mayor of the city of Thousand Oaks while still the pastor of the church. We lost two of our kids in that shooting at the borderline. And somehow, because I, I want to delve into what we're dealing with, uh, uh, that dismisses me as a pastor? I don't, I don't, whatever. I'm not sure. Well, listen, Steve should come by, but I would reject one thing that he said. We're not out for social justice, and no. I don't think any Christian should be. We no. should be for God's justice. Yeah, only. God's justice, not social justice. It's not what, it's not what the, the, the you know, 51% of the people decide is just. It's what God says is just. Social justice, but I know what he means. He means issues that need to be resolved uh, that are contrary but the term has been hijacked, especially through critical race theory, and we can cover that later. I wish more pastors were educated on this stuff because congregants want to hear it. Steve doesn't necessarily want to hear it. but Well, listen, the definition of politics is how we organize people, and the churches should be about how we organize people in societies. Well, and Aristotle said politics is the highest form of community because it combines morality with sociability. So we gotta, we got to do that. And then and the next hour, I'll, I think I'm going to touch on that. We've got a couple uh, more folks, and, and uh, I, think, I think this is really kind of hitting a nerve that pal- 
pastor shouldn't be in politics. Wow. Well, I love it. Let's, let's talk about let's it. Let's have some fun with it. We'll, we'll come back to our next caller uh, for, for the next portion. Go ahead, Bryce, and share with us some stuff. Yeah, no, let's just make sure that we have the call-in number out there again, 888-528-2557. All right, we'll see you in the next segment. God bless you guys. Hey, Southern California, thank you for joining us, SoCal Live. I'm your guest host, Pastor Rob McCoy, Pastor Godspeak Church in Thousand Oaks, California, joined by my good friend, Bryce Eddy. We've had wonderful guests today. We had uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. We had Jack Posobiec. Uh, as I tried to base it, it was stuff that uh, our caller Steve didn't like. He, he just felt as though it was one-sided. Um, and I, and he, I, I, what, you know what I liked about what Steve said? Uh, he, he said, I don't mind pastors being in politics. I just don't like that you're, you know, on that portion of, or that you're, you know, not preaching the gospel, whatever the, the I can't recall completely. Did you hey, yeah, I up? think the assertion was that you were one-sided. One-sided. It, or, you know, you were a, a shell for a particular point of view. Yeah, well, I, I do hold a, a, a point of view. I would think so. Yeah, and I'd, I'd love to share it, and that's what I'm, and I'd like to convince. Let's talk about the point of view, but don't be upset that I have guests that I like with my point of view. Uh and and that's why we have callers so you can come in and disagree with it. But so, but I I um I want to read this to you and and then what we have a couple more folks on online. Uh, th- this is this is a quote from uh, Reverend Doctor Martin Luther King. The church must be reminded that it is not the master or the servant of the state, but rather the conscience of the state. It must be the guide and the critic of the state, and never its tool. If the church does not recapture its prophetic zeal, it will become an irrelevant social club without moral or spiritual authority. And and I'll tell you what 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 got me going uh, back in April, April 3rd of 2019, I think it was, when the governor comes out in violation of the of the First Amendment and says that the church is non-essential, and yet abortion clinics in this state are, and and. You know, you can flush the parts of those children into the sewer systems of our state, and but before that, you harvest their parts, and then if someone reports on it, you you put them in jail, David Delayden, and and so they can do that, and that's that's reprehensible to the to the heart of the Lord. Before you were born, I knew you. You've been fearfully and wonderfully made, knitted together in your mother's womb, and and then he says that the church isn't essential, but they are. And we stand in our Holy Week to do communion, which is a sacrament. And even if we followed CDC standards, and and yet it got even worse. And it just started, the, these draconian measures started increasing. And it's not separation church and state in that sense. If anyone believes in separation church and state, I would just simply say this. Well, the state has inserted itself into the church. What are you going to do? How far is enough? And the number one verse quoted in Nazi Germany to silence the church, Romans 13. And it, it just gets to a point where, come on, pastors, your, 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 your neighbors are losing their jobs. Your children are being subject to a shot that they don't need that can put them in danger of death. And, and they're losing. I mean, this is anything you want to add to that, Bryce, then we'll take the caller. Yeah, listen, I just want to say culture's been moving against us um, for uh, many, many years, and we've kept quiet because of the notion in the American church that we need to stay out of politics. And I think what we did was they, they traded us tax-exempt status or financial benefit to stay quiet. Yeah, yeah. Well, and 
churches are everything's political. That that that's that's how we live together. Francis Schaeffer said, "How then shall we now live?" We have to figure this out. And we'll cover Matthew sixteen eighteen at the close of the show. But I want to I want to cover this one. We we had a, a caller that that. They were putting forward the fact that they wanted to encourage that we were in, that, that I was in politics. And I'm grateful for that. And they, they just said, tell them thank you. So we're good with that. Matthew 16, 18. Jesus says to his disciples up at Caesarea Philippi, and you, you, you follow this. These, these, these good Jewish Orthodox boys travel with their rabbi to the headwaters of the Jordan in Matthew 16. And they get up there, and if you've ever been to the headwaters, I've been to Israel 14 times. You get to the headwaters of the Jordan. It's a beautiful park-like setting, and and... It, it, every culture that's that's occupied that region has built has built up a um, uh, a temple to their god or goddess, and so he gets up there. And granted, all the Romans up there, and I imagine it's a party scene. And in the cacophony of noise of all these different gods and goddesses, and they're worshiping deities, Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, "Who do men say that I am?" And and they say, "Some say you're John the Baptist, others say you're Jeremiah." And he says, "Yes, but who do you say that I am?" And it's Peter who says, "You're the Christ, the Son of the Living God." And Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven, and upon this rock I will build my... And everybody says church. And that word didn't come till hundreds of years later. Tyndale actually translated correctly in the very first English-speaking Bible. And for that word, he was hung, and then his remains were burned. He didn't translate it church. He translated originally... Jesus co-opted a secular term. He didn't say synagogue or temple. He co-opted a secular term, ecclesia or ecclesia. And that existed hundreds of years before Jesus used it. It's where in the Greek city-state, and you follow Aristotle, they would gather to decide the welfare of their citizens. I mean, it's, it's basically city hall. Yeah. And, and, and so let's read the passage. Upon this rock I will build my public square, my city hall, my assembly, and the gates of hell which enslave will not prevail. So if we have the number one, as we do in this nation, number one homeless rate, uh, number one poverty rate, we're creating that by not participating, and we're fishing downstream for the heartache we help create if the church doesn't participate. That's my take. Amen. Yeah. Uh, on on on. Uh, we got a call here from from Penn. Go ahead, Penn. You're on. You there? Yes. Hey, Penn. Go ahead. This is Rob McCoy. Thanks for joining us on SoCal Live. Hey, Rob. Hey, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you. It's super refreshing to hear a pastor that understands politics and the implications of, of politics and where it stands with the Word of God. I praise God for what you're doing right now. I'm tired of pastors being silent on big issues like abortion and on critical race theory and all this nonsense. And, and, and the church should not be reflecting the culture. You know, the culture should be reflecting God's church. And I just want to say, I'm praying for you. Love listening to you. Praise God for your understanding of history, and uh, that's it. Oh, man. Well, thank you. I, I, I'm blessed by that kindness. Uh, ben, you didn't have to do it, but I so thank you for it, man. Uh, cool. Isn't that, Bryce, I mean, people are out there. They, they're starting to wake up to the fact that, you know, the, the church is necessary. If we're going to have good government, we've got to have we got, good government happens by good people. Yeah, well, thankful people are waking up. I had a very good friend who, who actually came. He actually came to apologize to me, and he didn't need to. But he was hassling me a little bit because we were talking about these things, and you know, I'd invited him out, and you know, he's like, ah, you know, it's just not my thing. Um, 
and he and he started to see what's been happening lately things that we've been talking about really for years and and you know kind of confronting my friends and you know talking about what we need to see in the church we got to get people to open their eyes and he he came around the other day and just said hey listen man i love you and i want to acknowledge that you were right wow and and you know that's a that's, that's a, a big thing because big people thing. get locked into their positions but, you know, when you're starting to see the empty shelves, when you're starting to see the attacks, you know, we shouldn't wait until there is a, uh, you know, gun at the back of our head in the street before we start to notice the persecution that the church is facing. You know, the, the, it's been said in revival or awakening, the last place to awaken is the church in some regards. And, and I, would, I would think for uh, this, this season that the church seems to be awakening to its responsibility because we're watching tyranny envelop. And and listen, liberty is not man's idea. Liberty is God's idea. Uh, as I've often said, Second Corinthians three seventeen, the Lord is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. The Apostle Paul said to the church in Galatia, "Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty for which Christ has set you free." Uh, created in the image of God, with inalienable rights, and and that that's our responsibility. That we need to, we we need to operate in such a way. As the laws and and which are the wise restraints that make men free, would allow mankind to achieve everything God wanted us to, ha- to to have, but man wants to enslave man. God comes to set us free, and and you got to find a form of government. I've never seen one better than this constitutional republic. Uh, look, we're going to take a call. Uh, is it? Do we have one online? One? Or do we still have him there? Uh, oh, he's working on it. Okay, <laughs> he's got it on. I, I think she wanted to ask. Uh, how how we can help our kids from getting mandated vaccines that's a tough one i mean we've got we've got a number of doctors and attorneys working we've got a stay here in la uh working with the school district i know uh is it uh uh pearson uh nicole pearson the attorney She's fighting hard, and they're trying. A lot of people are. Homeschool is growing like crazy. You know, people are starting to recognize, okay, we get together in communities, and we can do pod schooling. We can do alternative stuff so that we don't need to force kids to be, you know, injected or or subject our kids to that. Yeah. We're we're working on some alternatives in our area, and it's largest increase in homeschooling, also alternatives, and we're doing pods. A lot of teachers have been booted out of the school system in, in the Conejo Unified because they won't take the shot. We're going to find them work and create our own little pods and have them take them over. So we got a caller, Richard uh, Diamond Bar. Richard, you there? Go ahead, man. Yes, sir. Hey, I, you know, I just learned Wednesday I was in church with my wife. We just had a, a wonderful time, you know, serving the Lord and just praising the Lord. And we just realized, you know, our pastor, Raul Reese, mentioned, you know, the church is under fire, and Americans, they don't get it, and they're not awake to that. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, as Americans, we need to wake up to what Paul went through in his day, you know, First Thessalonians, when he, he was teaching the church, and he was going through so much, you know, and I think Americans need to wake up to that and realize, hey, that's going on right now. I mean, even Steve, you know, started calling out, but when he was talking to you, that's, you know, your own Christian brother, you know, kind of giving you a little persecution. Where do we find the middle ground together? And by the way, man, I love you. I love what you do, you know, and I love who you had on today. And yesterday's show was amazing. I love how you reach over to the other aisle and you get along with everyone, man. And, and, you know, God is just, you know, Jesus is 
through your voice, and I don't know how Steve couldn't see that. Uh, well, bless you, Richard. You, you you made my day. And you know what? That, that's going to bring us kind of to the end of the hour. And I just I, I, I like I like ending with a guy like that. It just takes time. You know, you had 10 lepers who were healed. One came back to say thank you. Jesus marveled at the ingratitude of the other nine. Uh, we don't say thank you enough. And, I, and I'm not that I'm deserving of it, but when he does something like that, man, it blesses me. Folks, it's been a joy to be with you. I'll be with you again Monday, and Bryce will be joining me. I'm Rob McCoy, the pastor of Godspeak Church. I've been the, the guest host here for SoCal Live on KKLA. We'll see you Monday. God bless you guys. Be safe out there. Bye now. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.